well, the other reason I'm here is to, not because I get to preach, because I don't have that kind of learning yet, but one of the things that's, that makes it really nice for our pastor to be able to travel is that the church is really starting to grow up some speakers. Some We don't have to bring someone from the outside all the time. It's nice when Mr. Rob Carbon comes. I know I enjoy him when he comes, and I'm sure you guys do too, but it's also nice when we can have someone from in this house step up and bring the word and really share it and in a different way, different perspective, different uh, way of bringing it to you. And that's that's our joy today is that we get to bring up one of our very own, Mr. Uh, Jamie Savannah. You can go ahead and come on up, Jamie. Mr. Jamie Savannah. <clears throat> Mr. Jamie Savannah is a long time. You got more applause than I did. That's crazy. I'm a... But Jamie Savannah and his family have been coming to Foundation for a very long time, and we're just so thankful for him and their service here. And uh, I know you're going to enjoy what he brings to you uh, today. Jamie, go get them, big. Thank you, Brother Chris. Can you hear me? All right, there it is. See, during first service, he called me young. But I didn't get that compliment this time. So, okay. I'm going to let him slide this time. Good morning, Foundation. Good morning. Are you ready to receive God's word today? Is your mind and heart ready to receive? Are you sure? I'm not quite convinced. Okay, because this ties directly into today's message, okay? So could I get the time, please, Ben? Okay, because we got a lot to cover and just a little bit of time to do it, so let's jump right in, okay? All right, work with me. Picture. Take a moment to picture your favorite movie. Now, I know if you're like me, you might have a whole bunch, so it's hard to narrow it down. So, okay, your top three favorite movie. Take a second. Picture also your favorite scene in that movie. Are you with me? Anyone thinking about Star Wars? Star Wars. Anyone? No, no. First service was the same way. No Star Wars fans? My goodness. The scene on The Force Awakens when Han Solo and Chewbacca first re-enter the Millennium Falcon? The auditorium that we were in, the crowd went crazy. Yeah! I give a nice strong fist pump. Because mm! it was historical. I got to pray for you guys. No Star Wars fans. All right, noted. Well, I've always been fascinated by various aspects of production when it comes to movies. The lighting, the music, the sound effects. So when you were thinking about your favorite movie, your favorite scene in that movie, taking into account those small things that add up to that particular scene. And then you think about the emotions and the thoughts that were attached to that scene, whether it was a love story and you started crying, or it was an action flick and you were like, yeah! Whatever thought or emotion you had at that particular point in time was designed by the director the angle of the camera, 
All that ties into the director's role, his or her role, in bringing it all together. So you're actually seeing it through their point of view, their perspective. So I'm sure during that scene in Star Wars, the director was wanting us to get excited to see Han Solo and, Chulu and Chewbacca when they first came in with their guns blazing. Yeah! That's what he wanted. His perspective, his point of view, he was trying to solicit excitement. So keep that in mind, because today we're going to be discussing a kingdom perspective. That which God wants us to see each other and the world around us. Amen? Amen. We're going to be discussing how a kingdom perspective can assist in cultivating a deeper richer, more intimate relationship with Jesus, okay? All right, so I have three specific points that I'd like to address, okay? Only three. The first one is foundation. And we're looking at this from a couple of angles. So when I say foundation, first we're going to talk about a more tangible view of it from a builder's perspective, construction worker, engineer, what have you. So in order to construct a building, whether it's a house or a skyscraper, you got to have a nice, solid foundation. And that foundation consists of materials that's reliable, trustworthy, strong, durable. So we can all agree that there are specific things needed in order for that structure that we're attempting to build will last and withstand the tests that come with time. Tests like inclement weather, you know, tornadoes, hurricanes, um, termites, and if it's a house and a home, children. Okay, so that's tangible. We can touch that. It's strong. We know. We can feel it and know that it's strong. Okay? Now let's look at a more intangible perspective toward a foundation. Relationships. We can all agree that whether it's a friendship, romantic, or a business relationship, there are key things needed to set a solid foundation for that relationship. Things like Trust, reliability, communication, perhaps love. So again, key things needed in order for that relationship we're attempting to build will last and withstand the tests that come with time. Tests like disagreements, finances, which Star Wars movie is the best, and if you're married, children. Amen? Amen. Well, this right here, this is the foundation that everything is built on. The mighty, precious word of God. 
Read with me. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. For the word of God will never fail. Amen? Did you catch in Isaiah when he referenced the grass and the flowers? And they wither in faith that they change. They decay and die away. But the word of our God stands forever. Amen? Amen. So, we can agree that this has all of the material we talked about earlier. It's our foundation for everything. It was at the beginning, stands forever, and will never fail. But that's only, only if we judge this entire book to be true. The entire book to be true. We could honestly drop the mic right there, because we know it stands forever, will never fail, and it was there at the beginning. All the ingredients we just listed, trustworthy, reliable, it's strong, we know it's there. But the key is entire book. Now, I don't know if you guys are like me, but I have the tendency to gravitate more toward the aspects of the Bible that I like. I might read a devotional, oh, that's inspirational. That's motivating. I like that. Talking about mercy for me. Talking about grace for me. And blessings. Oh, 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 Lord, bring it on. Give me those blessings. But things like submission. Things like obedience. Hmm. Things like giving grace and mercy to others. Forgiveness. Oh, that's a big one. Lord, you have no idea what he did to me. You don't know how much I can't stand this person. See, I'm comfortable with the earlier ones, but not the latter. But what if, what if, God had that same perspective toward us. See, we have the tendency to humanize God. And what I mean by that is give him the same characteristics that we have. And that he's going to respond to situations and scenarios the same way that we do. Thank the Lord he is not like us. We are petty we're simple. We're not forgiving. We're not. Let's be honest. 
we tend to hold grudges, especially if you cross us. I can't let it go, Lord. I'm not. Do you know what he did to me? But what if God was the same way? What if he was? I don't think anyone in this room would be here. Amen? Oh, that was a groan right there. But I understand. I understand God's perspective. See, it's important for us to see things, respond to things, react to things in the way that he would. Amen? Amen. All right. Next bullet point, filter. We've all experienced air conditioning and heating, yes? You are in an air-conditioned facility right now, so no one can say no. Here at Foundation, we run the AC even when it's cold outside, okay? <laughs> AC is always going. But one key component involved with an air conditioning or heating system is the filter. See, what it does, it serves the role of cleaning the air that filters through the system. It blocks things like dirt, dust, and pollen from getting through, and clean air comes out. This is our filter. This is our filter right here. This is our filter for everything. And the reason why I say that is because we have to make this personal. We have to make what we're reading in this personal because it's far more impactful. We talk often to our Rush students about how important it is to have that perspective when reading God's word. And I may have lost some of you when I said Rush. So, a bragging opportunity. So for those of you who don't know what Rush is, Rush is the fantastic, spectacular ministry for our young people, ages 12 to 18, every Wednesday, at 7 p.m. Shout out to my Rush students, Rush leaders in the house, yeah, yeah. So adults, if you have students in that age range, Wednesday night, that's the place to be. Adults, if you have students in your neighborhood at that age range, here is the place to be, amen? So we talk to our students often about the importance of the proper perspective when reading God's word and to filter the information that they're receiving through God's word. Because we all go through different experiences, through different seasons in our lives. Some of you right now may be going through a tremendous storm, and some may not. But regardless of the situation, regardless of where you are, it is imperative that we see this through God's point of view, through the word of God, because God wants to be at the absolute center of every aspect of our lives. He wants all of us, not just a portion, but all of us. So when we were talking earlier about judging this entire book to be true, the entire book we tend to say, okay, Lord, I'll handle these small things, but I'll call you in for the big things. Yeah. Or, Lord, 
I don't like how you're handling that, so I'm going to go ahead and take the wheel. Or, Lord, I think I know a little bit more about this subject matter than you do, so again, I got this. But he created us. So if he doesn't know us at our highest point, who does? And we got to be really careful with thinking like that, with having that perspective. Because essentially we're saying, God, I know more than you. So when he instructs us, I'm sorry, when he commands us to forgive, when he commands us to extend grace, and we're filtering what we're seeing and hearing through the world's perspective, come on, you look at the current state of the world and some of the trending topics, things like tolerance, unity, things like peace and love. If we were to filter what we're seeing, what we're hearing through God's word, is what we're bringing in consistent with God's word. So we'll get this information, and the dirt, the lies, the deceit hit this, it's going to stop right there. And that clean air that we were just talking about is going to come out. The truth is going to come out. This is our filter. But again, only if you make it personal. And that ties into another concept that we tried to talk and embrace with our Rush students is the difference between reading God's word versus studying God's word. Well, you get quiet. Reading versus studying. Think back when you were in school and you were preparing for a test and you were given the information that's going to be on that test beforehand and you were getting ready for it. Do you just read that information one time and think, all right, I'm good. I'm good. Now, unless you've got a really good memory, that might work. But I'm willing to bet good money that nobody in here's memory is that good. Because I have a pretty good memory, and even I can't do that. So we encourage our students to study it. You read that material. You highlight points. You take notes so that when that test comes... You are ready to go. You've absorbed the information that you need. Instruction book. Instruction book. Because the tests that come with life, you have to be prepared. As I was talking about earlier, the issues of the world that we see right now, the world is going to test us. It's going to test us, and we have to be prepared. Again, when you look at the issues of the world right now and the things that seem, that seem to be trending and what's popular, we have to understand that culture does not dictate the truth. What's cool right now may not be cool tomorrow, but what does God's word say? It never changes. It's always consistent, and it stands Forever. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
So my last bullet point, and believe it or not, we are just now at the focal passage for today's message, and that's follow. So we have foundation, filter, and now follow. We're going to be reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. And let me give you a little context here, okay? So Jesus is about to go preach for the first time. So he's getting ready. He has been baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. He's been anointed by the Holy Spirit. God has spoken down from heaven saying, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. So he's getting ready. And this is where we pick it up at. So read with me. Verse 4, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said. If you will kneel down and worship me, get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. So this piece of scripture, I adore it because it's so rich with spiritual nutrients. I was uh, talking to uh, Brother Laz a couple of weeks ago because he had read this piece of scripture over our Rush students one particular Wednesday. And he, the Holy Spirit gave him an entirely different piece of information. And I've read this plenty of times, but I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. It's so deep. Because in this, I feel like Jesus is really setting an example for us. So let's go through this real quick. We see that he's led by the Spirit. So it's intentional. God is testing his character. Next, we see the devil himself approach Jesus. Not demons, the devil himself. Could you imagine what it was like or what it would have been like to be in the physical presence of Jesus? I'm sure we've all met someone who is really charismatic, someone who is just really sweet, you just enjoy being around that person. They just feel warm and inviting. Well, magnify that by a billion because Jesus was love in the flesh. And I strongly feel that's the reason why he drew such large crowds. People wanted to just be around. They just wanted to squeeze them. 
love in the flesh. But could you imagine how the devil felt in his presence? But he was grinding his teeth, having a hard time getting his words out. Oh, well. Forty days, forty nights, he fasted. Again, intentional. We don't fast by accident. Does anybody in here fast by accident? No? Okay. Intentional. So Jesus is in the zone. He's spiritually working out. He's doing push-ups. As our Russians would say, he's getting swole. I picture him out in the wilderness shadow boxing. <laughs> he's getting ready to preach. But he's 100% God, but also 100% human. So can you think about his physical, mental, and emotional state after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights? I don't know about you, because I like to consider myself a pretty patient individual. I like to think that it's somewhat difficult to rattle my cage, and I'm pretty sure my wife can attest to this, and if she disagrees, she better not say so. <laughs> so could you imagine that, though? Because I think to myself, after, say, four or five hours, Without eating, things might change. I might be just a little bit irritable. I might hear a noise in the house, hey, silence. But 40 days and 40 nights. But isn't it interesting that that's when the devil chose to show up? Isn't it when we're in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of a bad day, when he shows up? and tries to bring the chaos. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. That big if. Underline that in your Bibles. That big, giant if. Because he's attacking the foundation right there. If you are who you say you are, show me some magic right now. Make it happen. We all get that big if in our lives. If you are a Christian, you shouldn't be acting like that. If you are given mercy, am I saved? Have I been forgiven? It all falls back to this, being able to filter what we're hearing, what we're seeing, what we're experiencing through God's word, because those big ifs will go away. The truth will always stand on this foundation. So he's trying to attack Jesus' foundation right there. If I can get you to question who you are, if I can get you to question where you stand, that's half the battle. That's half the battle right there. If I can get you to get just a little bit rocky, I can knock you out. If you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you. 
and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. See right there, the devil's trying to twist and manipulate the word to fit his agenda. And this is a good example of why it's important to study and know the word of God. Jesus responds, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. He used this as a filter right there. As the devil was trying to dishonor God, Jesus filtered what he was saying through this, and the truth came out. See, the enemy was trying to get him to test the Lord. Yeah, jump off, jump off. You can go ahead and sin. It doesn't matter. You, got, you get grace. You get mercy. He doesn't care. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead. It doesn't matter. Live how you want to live. Jesus said, no. No, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. So he was bringing honor to his father. Amen? Verses 8 and 9. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Now, see, I imagine in my head, at this point during their exchange, Jesus kind of sighing. <sighs> Get out of here, Satan. Get out of here. Get out of here. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord, and your, the Lord, your God, and serve only him. See, right there, he draws that line. And this is a clear illustration of following. My last bullet point, following. He makes that line clear. Get out of here. I know who I am. I know who I'm going to serve. This is who I'm going to follow. Amen? So we have foundation already set. Filter already set, and who I'm going to follow. This piece of scripture has it all right here, and I love the fact that we're talking about Jesus himself setting this example. Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus, the creator of the universe. Jesus, who has risen from the dead. He could have at any point in time during this exchange with the devil spoken him out of existence. He could have called down a, a host of angels to eradicate the devil. But I strongly feel that he did and composed himself the way that he did to set an example for you and me. He used the word of God to dispel the enemy. He used and stood on the word of God to make the enemy go away. That's an example for us. Foundation, filter, follow. Are you with me? Amen. We had, a couple of months ago, we had a, a men's prayer night. And uh, Pastor Chris had invited a bunch of men to get together, pray, meditate, have some fellowship. 
And during that time, one particular individual came up to pray. His name is Ronnie Mack. And pastor refers to him often. I've actually known him longer, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but before he prayed, he had Pastor Chris come up and Pastor's son Joshua stand next to him. And he began to point out to that Josh looked like him and some of the physical features that they shared that were similar. Father and son. And he used that in relationship, oh, I'm sorry, in comparison to the perspective, the point of view that God wants us to have. Because he was illustrating that the father and the son were connected. And that the son was bearing the image, looking alike, of his father. And see, we might have the tendency to have the perspective in our relationship with God that we're more of employees. And that's not the kind of relationship or perspective that he wants us to have toward him. It's sonship, closeness. I can't think of anyone in here who might look like their employer, unless you're working for your mom or your dad. <laughs> but that relationship, sonship, look alike, sound alike, act alike, this can unify us. This, the, the mighty, powerful word of God can bring and promote unity. And what I mean by that is I can't begin to tell you how many times I've had conversations with my brothers or sisters in Christ on one day, and it totally resembles something that I've been praying on or I've been talking to somebody else about. The other day, my brother was asking me about perfection. And literally, the day before that, I was just praying on that, and the Holy Spirit was telling me to delete that term. Delete it. Because a lot of us tend to focus on being perfect, being perfect. And it's impossible. Because if we could be perfect, then we wouldn't need Jesus. Wouldn't need him. So again, looking alike, sounding alike, acting alike. Read with me Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I love how universal this piece of scripture is. So whether you are from Egypt or L.A., whether you're from Russia or Bastrop, you bear the image of God. No one can refute or argue that. This is who you are, male or female. You bear the image of God. So when we're talking about sonship and that relationship, that's what he wants with us. That's what he wants with us. It doesn't say you are an employee of the Most High. But yes, we are supposed to be about the kingdom business, absolutely. But the relationship that he wants with us, the perspective at which we're supposed to address these things is from that of family. Amen? Look alike, sound alike, act alike, 
So when we see topics that are presented by the world, things like, again, tolerance, unity, justice, more times than not, we're going to get the world's point of view. But as followers, disciples of the Most High, I should know already how you're going to respond to those topics based off this. I should have a general idea of how you're going to respond based off God's word. Do you see how I can bring and promote unity? We're going to look like the Father. We're going to sound like the Father. We're going to act like the Father. So when the enemy tries to propose these counterfeit versions and manipulate the word, filter. Nah, I see what you're doing right there. Nah, I can see what you're doing right there. No thank you. I'll give you another example. Last weekend, my son and I had gone to Bob Bryant Park for discipleship. We were worshiping together, reading the word. When we finished, we went for a little walk. And we bumped into another brother there who was actually at the men's prayer night that I was just talking about. So we said hello, exchanged pleasantries. And he was asking what we were doing. I said, just a little discipleship with my son. And he said, okay, I got a word for you. And I kid you not, the word that he had for my son was the exact same thing we were talking about in discipleship. The exact same thing. Confirmation. And what we're talking about ties directly into today's message. He asked my son, if he was in a gymnasium surrounded by, say, 75 to 100 men, including his dad, and they all said his name, it's Trey, would he be able to recognize his father's voice? He said, oh, yeah, absolutely. I know my dad's voice, especially when he's angry. I know my dad's voice. This is the Father's voice. Do you know it? If you are hearing the perspective, if you are hearing the voice of others in the world, if you're being tested by philosophies, theories, posts, Facebook, Instagram, and all that other stuff, are you able to hear the Father's voice? Study reading. Have this etched in here and in here and apply it. Can you hear the Father's voice? Amen? Amen. You know, it's interesting when we think about the concepts involved with studying the word. Because I hear often from our Rush students, Mr. Jamie, it's so boring. Or Mr. Jamie, I just don't understand it. And I get it. I get it. Pastor Chris often talks about the importance of discipleship. Because it's important to be with someone who can help break this information down for you who has studied it, who can help you apply it to your life. 
So I'm saying this to encourage you all. If you're not in a discipleship relationship, consider it. Don't let another day pass. Don't let another moment pass. Because the world, especially I feel in this day and age, is really testing us. There are so many issues that arise that are biased by what's popular. Oh, we don't want to offend this group, so we'll say it like this. God's word, it never fails. Everything that he says is consistent with his word. So when you hear his voice, he will not contradict this. Will not contradict this. Etch this in your heart. Apply it to your lives. I leave you with this. Turn with me, please, to Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Please underline verse 10. You are complete, made whole through your union with Christ. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, we come to you this morning thanking you first and foremost for all that you've done, Lord. Thanking you for your presence in our lives and making so many things possible. Thanking you for the doors of opportunity that you've presented as well as the ones that you've closed, Lord. Thanking you for your love, your grace, and your mercy, Father. You are awesome. You are spectacular, Father. You are the beginning and the end, Lord. There is none beside you. We are so grateful. Father, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will prick the hearts of your followers, Father, to be more obedient, to increase our faith, to increase our belief and our trust in you, Lord. Help us to... Follow the example that Jesus has set before us, Lord. To filter everything that we're hearing through your word and through your truth, Lord. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear, Father. To hear your voice, Father, and to respond to your voice. Thank you for this time to bask in your glory with fellow believers, Father. I pray a blessing and an anointing over each and every house, Lord. All these things we ask in the precious, holy, and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Foundation. Have a good Sunday.